A draw is better than a loss. I am the champ. Oh my gosh. No, no, no. <laughs> no I, <didn't. laughs> I, I believe that is the quadruple. Aaron Rodgers is phenomenal. Come on, Jared Goff. Come on. Any trade that involves you getting Drew Locke, you probably lost. Well, I guess everyone knew more than I did. The amount of times that you have been on stage with less than reputable clothing? Yes, indeed. We have no shit. Enough said on that. I can neither confirm or deny. Shout out to um, Raccoon Red. Clearly, I have a lot of opinions about this. Hello and welcome to another episode of Improper Fantasy Football. My name is Mark. And I am Biz. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing well. We're starting to get into the... Uh, Classic Seattle weather where it's raining all the time. So, you know, in the element up here. Um, <laughs> yeah. I understand you have uh, been traveling once again. Absolutely. Yeah, I was in Charleston this weekend. Lovely Charleston. Sunny Charleston in South Carolina. Lovely weather. It was, it, you it's know, it's, it's, a, it's a, yeah, it's lovely down there. So, um, yeah, very beautiful part of the, uh, of the country. And, uh, yeah, it was a fun weekend. And, um, yeah, uh, managed to catch some of the games as well. This was a weird week in fantasy, uh, especially for our league, wasn't it? It was. I mean, you know, you, you keep climbing a little bit. You keep climbing. I mean, we'll get into it a bit later, but I'm coming off an L, which I wasn't surprised about given Justin Fields' injury. Why now? Let's, let's, not, know. let's not wait. Let's just get into it right okay, now. You know what? Let's you do? get into it. Uh, you know what? I was playing Andy. Undefeated Andy. Undefeated Andy, who marches on. Um, 7-0 and now. Um, I take an L to go to 5-2. and two. But That being said, you know, I... I didn't have a good, didn't have a good week. I mean, Justin Fields obviously is injured, and so I had to plug and play someone. I picked up Matt Stafford. To be fair, he did he did fine. Fifteen points. That's kind of an average for a quarterback. As they always say, as long as your quarterback can get you fifteen points, you're in with a shout. But you know, a lot of my other players. I mean, Amari Cooper has just become boom or bust this year. Literally, the week prior, which didn't make a difference because I won. I didn't play him, and he, I think he had. Ball receptions for 96 yards. Played him this week because of bye week issues. And he was he was not targeted, I believe, until like the second half. And he came up with two catches for 22 yards. I also made, I've made the wrong play at tight end. I picked up Johnny Smith when I should have uh, played David Njoku. I mean, in so, whoever I played, I would have lost. So in some ways, that's... A good feeling to know when you know you would have lost regardless of who you played on your team. I think it's more damning when when you have someone that went off and they're on your bench and you're like, man, I would have won by 20 points if I played him. So, you know, it was, just, it, was a, it was a poor week. Josh Jacobs didn't do anything either. I mean, I, I do want to point out something that you're complaining about, like how Amari Cooper and Jonu Smith played. I also want to point out you played Amari Cooper. He played Wandale Robinson on his team. Andy did not have his best week either. Um, and you were complaining about a little bit of Matt Stafford, even though he did fine. Justin Herbert almost shat the bed for him. Uh, but overall, it was it was like a death by a thousand needles for a lot of these. Like one player got a three-point advantage, one point got a three-point yeah. advantage, and then, oh wait, he had Mark Andrews at tight end when you had Jonu Smith with a 15-point <laughs> advantage off of just him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't. I think you're right. I don't think there's really much you could have done, mainly because of how well your star players were underperforming this week. And there's not really yeah. much you can do about something like that. No, there isn't, and that happens occasionally. The star players just they have one of those games. But the good news is, next week you'll have Adam Thielen back, and you'll be right back on. Track. There we go. There we go. He's becoming my new uh, Hunter Renfro. Um, so he is. You know, there we go. I've got my star. He is. You know, he is now undroppable. 
like when 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 you go to pick up yeah. people on my team, he is he is undroppable. And at the beginning, there wasn't that there. So, I mean, yeah. Again, on paper, I've got I've got a very good team. I hope I can get a win. I'm playing Jerry next week, so I'm hoping I can get a win. And uh, yeah, hope. I mean, you know, I won. I'd won five straight. A great start to the season, despite my team not being very good. So, mm-hmm. hope. Hopefully this week I can get back on track. So how about you? Well, I got back on track. Uh, I had not track. just uh, a, a, another win, so I'm on a little bit of a streak going here, but I had my best win and points total of the season. Uh, Oliver put up a, a hell of a game, and he got 143 points, would have, which would have been good enough to beat wow. 75% of the league. Look at you. So I, I, I kind of give my, uh, my sympathies to Oliver, although that's been my story the entire year. I mentioned this before we went live. I have the third most points in the league, but I've been scored on the most out of everybody else. And it's not by a, a, a thin margin. Like, um, the average scored against in our league is like 750 points. 900 points have been scored on me this year. And yeah. it's really, really tough, no matter how many points you score, to be able to try to do that. So everybody's just getting their best weeks against me. But this week, I had my best week. Pat Mahomes finally went off. Ken Walker looked okay. Jordan Addison, 30 points against the 49ers was really the difference maker. Uh, Jameer Gibbs had a huge game uh, when Montgomery was out. And everybody, except for Austin Eckler, really pulled their weight. Yeah, and even, I'll tell tell you what, a great pickup. I mean, you even had Josh Downs on the bench who went off as well. Um, But... You know, you picked up because I, I noticed this in our league a couple of weeks ago that Dallas Goddard was on the waiver wire. And I was a bit, I was. Do you know why he was? Yeah, because he was doing really badly. I mean, and, well, and I think some. Not um, just whoever that, had him though. Uh, Andy had him. And if you remember, Andy drafted three tight ends in the first seven rounds. And if you look at Andy's team, he's still got Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson. And he just needed to make space on his bench. So he just dropped Dallas Goddard rather than trade for him. Wow. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's. That's amazing. So, and and I, I stupidly, but at the time, Dallas Goddard had not done anything, and it was it was really cookie because I was, I was like, should I go and get him? Should I go and get him? And I just was like, oh, maybe this is one of those years where he's just down. And I know he's a tight end one, and I didn't even make a play for him. And I'm realizing that was a massive mistake because he is a, he he's not Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, T.J. Hawkinson. He's no, not he's in the that. Next tier down. He's, he's the next tier down, and I, I made a. I mean, I don't know whether I would have got him, but I should have at least tried to get him. Yeah. Um, and I didn't even make a waiver wire like some, like pickup for him. So I had no hesitancy in in picking up Dallas Goddard because yeah. um, I was not even worried about like how his first month went. You know me; I don't yeah. really care about the first month stats. Yeah, it's how, really they finish, yeah. it's how they're finishing. And he's been a consistent point scorer on a team that runs the ball a lot. And if you can do that and you're not a running back, you're always going to have some value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great pickup for you. I mean, weirdly, considering you're, you're three and four, and when I look at your team, I'm like, how are you three and four? <laughs> yeah. you, should be, you should be five and two or six and one, but yeah. That's that first month. Like, too many players getting injured. I had a lot of buys in the first yeah. seven weeks. And yeah. we're going to get to the point of the season where things are going to be really, really nice. Um, yeah. The week where I don't have Mahomes is going to be rough, but I do have my guy, Geno Smith, on the bench uh, waiting for you that. You do indeed. Um, you do indeed. Don't, 
you know my strategy. I don't like having a backup quarterback, but if you see one in free agency that you're like, you know what, he's going to be like a top 10 quarterback yeah. pretty much every week, and you can stash him for that one bye week you need, yeah. come December, I won't have a need for him, and somebody else can pick him up if they desperately need a quarterback for the playoffs, if you get their yeah. biz. If indeed I get there. Well, still a long way to go. Yeah. Still a long way to go, but we're about halfway through the season. So We are, we are. Um, and just checking into our standings right now, if the season ended today, Andy would be first, uh, yeah. and he would be getting that uh, that first round by along with Kelly, the two dominant players in this league. Um, Kelly's got the most points scored in this league, and it's not even close. He's a p- hundred points eclipsed over the next person who's yep. uh, behind him for points scored. So he- Kelly's just been dominating this year from start to finish. Uh, the five and twos, you and your favorite person in the world, Justin, are right oh, there. Typical, typical. Yeah. <laughs> but those are our only winning records. Uh, the rest of the league is three and four or worse. And yeah. the best of the three and fours are myself at five and Jerry at six, who you play this week. week. And um, yeah. it's going to be a really big uh, put up or shut up moment for both of you guys because. If you win, you separate yourself, and it becomes very hard for you to miss the playoffs. But if Jerry wins, then he makes this scrum uh, to yeah. the three, More three, six brings, spot. Yeah, yeah. Brings regression to the mean. Well, the the bottom line is, I'm not I'm not hopeful because Justin Fields, prior to his injury, was was balling. I mean, he was lights out um, mm-hmm. in terms of fantasy because there was a game where he still lost but put up tons of numbers and. I was feeling really good about it. And then obviously he's doubtful this week against the Chargers. And so may, he may come back the week after. But but who knows if Tyler Bajan goes off, you know, is there a quarterback controversy in Chicago at the moment? Because he played be. very well. One of the things I do want to commend you for is for picking up Matt Stafford. Because Matt Stafford isn't going to move the needle too far in any one direction. His bad game is going to be slightly below average. And his best game could easily be a 30 or 40 point game. He sure, hasn't had sure. this season yet. No. But he also just got Cooper Cup back. And yeah. having Cooper Cup with Puka and the rest of that offense, yeah. since he got Cooper back, he hasn't had a game below 14 and a half points. And he's yeah. had more games over 15 than he's had yeah. below 15. Yeah. And, and I was str- so when I was sort of struggling because I was, I picked up Sam Howell too. Um, and I, well, he's the definition of boomer bust. He is, and I was really glad I I went with the kind of chalk, and I I played the veteran Matt Stafford over mm-hmm. Sam Howell because I was like Sam Howell division game against the Giants away yep. in New York or New Jersey. I was just like, you know what, I'm sticking clear of that. And you know, I mean, the Rams still lost, but it, it wasn't it wasn't a really poor performance. So um, yeah, um, I. It was a good pickup on me. I mean, as you say, he's just a steady, he's a steady, steady Eddie. Um, I have a question for you. Sure. Why haven't you moved Justin Fields to your IR? You see, I still don't understand the whole IR thing because that creates an extra spot, doesn't it? So the way that the IR thing does is if you have a player that's out or has right. been listed for IR, you don't have to drop him. You can move him to an IR slot because he's got that designation that keeps him out. Now, just looking at this moment, they've listed him as doubtful, which I means, which I think means you cannot move him to IR no, at can't. this moment. Yeah. But if he is listed as out, you can move him to IR, and it frees up a spot on your bench. That means you can go find right. a replacement without having to worry about dropping one of your big potential players. Ah, uh, um, yeah. You could so have done that this past week I and could just have done added another possible. player. Yeah, I, I should so, have done. 
Yeah. yeah. I would keep an eye out to see if uh, Justin Fields plays this week. If he's not, go ahead at around game time, put him to IR and pick up, and somebody pick up else. Another, someone else. Yeah. 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 That's, um, yeah. Well, I did, speaking of picking up, I did, I put in waiver wide picks for Daryl Henderson Jr. and um, Arizona running back Amari Demacado, who, who I, you did who, get this one. Who I did get. And I'm, because he may well be their number one back moving forward. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm like, that could be, fingers crossed, might be, because he had a good game last week. Like, against Cincinnati, he had a pretty decent game, 11.7 points, 11.5 points against you, um, against you guys. Prior to that, I mean, he's been awful, but, you know, they obviously have James Conner, but I think, you know, the, the, the news appears to be that he's going to, like, take it, he's taken over as their number one back. Which makes sense. You've got a young team. You're trying to... Uh, figure out who can be the the good cheaper players to go for next year. James Conner, he's getting older. He's still good, yeah. but if you can find yeah. just good uh, yeah. among some of your younger cheaper players, this is the time to do that. Um, if yeah. they think that Kyler Murray can come back and compete this year, maybe they definitely want James Conner back. But if they're not sure on that, just get your young players in and get them experience. Yeah, absolutely. I have one question for you before we move on and start taking a look at our uh, our topic for today. I have had a consistent conundrum with my wide receivers, and it's the opposite that most people have. I've got too many receivers that I have to start. We get one flex position in our league, and I think all of my, I think it's just right to play my running backs. I have Austin Eckler, yes. Jameer Gibbs, and Kenneth Walker. Those three are playing each week. Yeah. My wide receivers are Jordan Addison, Chris Godwin. You've got <laughs> uh, Drake London and Josh Downs, who I don't think I can't start at this point. I think I have to start Josh Downs. And Jordan Addison, as long as Justin Jefferson is out, he's proving to be one of the best yeah. in the league in that system. But does that mean I bench Godwin in London? You know, it's tricky with that because Josh Downs – the thing, the, thing the thing with Indianapolis is their quarterback position. That's what worries me. Because they've got Gardner Minshew. Obviously, I mean, like they they put up Gardner a likes Josh Downs. He he does. He does. I mean, I he is a gunslinger. I you have to play uh, Jordan Addison because mm-hmm. with Justin Jefferson gone, he he is their number one receiver. Yep. So you have to. And I agree with you. Just going back in terms of flex, I always prefer to go with running backs if you know that they're the number one option. Because the problem with a wide receiver is they're always dependent upon someone throwing you. Just talked yep. about Amari Cooper. Whereas if you know that, okay, they're the number one running back, they're going to get touches and we play in a PPR league. But yeah, you do have a bit of a conundrum because you have Drake London as well, who's been a very good receiver. Chris Godwin as well. Um, I, I sort of go with a hot hand, I would say. And Josh Downs had a really good game last week and you didn't play him last week. You didn't play him. No, because Drake London, and, and to be fair, Drake London had an okay game. He had one of his better games this season. He put up 11 or so points, but Josh Downs went off this past week. And I can't expect yeah. that every week, but he's been on a streak the past three, four weeks where he just may be playing like the best receiver in football. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, 23, 12, 15.7. Yeah. And also, you again, go, going with the, the kind of hot hand in that he seems to be the the kind of sexier pick at the moment. So I, I would stick with it and just go, I mean, often say, you know, go with gut. Don't often look at projections. You know, I don't like projections because it sometimes forces you to think, oh, well, this person's projected to, to do more than, you know, and I just don't, I don't, I don't think that's the way. But I, 
you do have a bit of a conundrum. But the good thing is, I mean, God forbid, but barring injury, you've got with in terms of injuries, if they happen, you've got two capable backups there too. Yep. So it's a good problem to have, but it always means that you kind of wonder what would have happened had I made the optimal play. Like, yeah, it is theoretically possible that this past week, this even regardless of the the dominating performance I gave, that I could have had another eighteen points on my team had I played Josh Towns instead. Exactly, of and you would have done almost one hundred and eighty. I mean, yeah, I do, I do feel sorry for Ollie. I mean, he would have won any other match. Yeah, um, if he was pl- well, oh, apart Kelly, from, Kelly, apart from yeah. Kelly, apart from Kelly, but, but nobody's beating. Yeah, Kelly. I mean, to to lose when to lose when you well, you say that he has lost once already. He is six and one. He is six and one. So, you know, some who did he lose? He lost to Justin in week two, of course. Uh, why? Of course. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> so you've got actually a really, really big test, not this week, but next week, because after you play Jerry, you get Kelly. Oh, here we go. Okay, yeah. No, I, I don't know if you're going to be on by. Everyone's mm-hmm. going to be on by. <laughs> uh, is it? Uh, Let me see. I can oh, even no. scroll. Other way around. He's got Etienne out. He's got uh, Amonra St. Brown, and he's got Riley Patterson out for his kicker. Although on his bench, he's got the likes of Tyler Lockett. But honestly, your match against him may be the toughest one that he's come across since he lost to Justin, just given who his buys are. So well, and you actually, get him sleeping. Yeah, and actually, I'm looking at my, my week nine, and actually, I don't have anyone on buy. Um, just the, just the so, defense. Well, yeah, uh, that doesn't really count, but but <laughs> but yeah. So I'm actually, yeah, I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hoping this Demacado pick might might be uh, mm-hmm. might be the ace up my sleeve. So we'll see, we'll see moving forward. But Arizona's not great. You don't have any excuses if you don't beat him, though, other than the fact that his team is just better because every one of your players. Okay, no, is there. <laughs> oh, I love I love how you're you're already putting the gauntlet down. So you're saying I'm... if I if, if I lose. If I if I lose, which I will, because I'm playing probably by then a seven and one team, and I could be five and three, so mm. surely he would be the favorite regardless of who he has playing. I mean, he is going to be the favorite, but if your team just happens to not show up at all, then that means oh, that you're going to be it. the player throughout November that has to make trades. Look, I don't have a quarterback. I don't. My quarterback is I down. I tried He's to doubtful. trade you Baker Mayfield last week, and you poo-pooed <laughs> my generous offer, okay? I thought it was fair. I thought I was going out on a limb by giving you a guy who holds on to the ball rather than this guy who doesn't catch the ball. Like, I, I thought that was a fair trade. A fair trade. To, to, to the people that may have missed it, my, my erstwhile co-host, um... Put in a, 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 a as as you heard from him, a very fair and honest trade. Honest. Traded me. He wanted Devontae Adams mm-hmm. for the great Baker Mayfield. First round overall, number one. Yeah, yeah, a very a very fair trade. If yeah, I, I mean, so. and, and look what Baker Mayfield did this last week. I mean, he mm-hmm. was on fire, wasn't he? He was on fire, oh. wasn't he? Oh, <laughs> something was on fire. <laughs> To be fair, Devontae Adams didn't have a great game again either. So I'm just saying, I so, think yeah. that Baker would have scored you more points. Actually, I don't think he did score more points than Matt, Matt Stafford this week. Hear that? That's the sound of the trade you didn't make. <laughs> uh, you will be forever reminding me of when Baker Mayfield <laughs> goes on a tear, gets in the Pro Bowl this year. You're going to be like, see, I told you, you could have... 
He could have taken you all the way to the championship. He could have taken you all the way to winning the league. Could have had him for a song. Yeah, yeah. Just given up Devonta Adams, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. With the trade deadline being next week, we figured that this would be our only chance of the season to talk about what some of these teams can do to help them do better as the season goes on. What trades can they make before the next Tuesday deadline? Now, of course, Biz, last time I checked, you don't have general manager as one of your resume titles. Uh, not yet. Not yet. It's not getting, yet. I'm working on it. I'm working on He's it. He's very close. I think that by yeah. 2025, he'll be there, uh, probably yeah. in charge of the Browns. Um, well, of course, they are my second favorite team. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, Cleveland. Cleveland is my my sort of second city in this country. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, as well as kicker, as you as you know, kicker for the Dallas Cowboys as well. Oh, yeah, so, I yeah. love them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, there's no conflict of interest there. Biz can be completely unbiased and do his job as professionally as possible without putting blame Absolutely. or assuaging anything to anybody else. Um, but I have come up with five trades. Uh, some of which would be fantasy relevant, and some of which would be kind of fantasy relevant in the sense that, like, they're they're on the other side of the ball, but they would help the offense for that team as well. And I try to swing big with these, and I do have reasons for all of these. And a lot of these are going to involve picks, and one trick is going to involve player for player. But the first one I offer to you: the Ravens trading for DK Metcalf in exchange for a first and a second round pick this year. So you, your thoughts are the Ravens obviously need a, a legit wide receiver or not another wide receiver to go with Mark Andrews because they don't really have a number one. But they have Zay Flowers who's developing and you've got Rashawn yeah, Bateman who is kind of becoming a bust at this point. Odell Beckham Jr. has been there. But the thing that the Ravens do well is they run and they want to be able to have their receivers block. You tell me another wide receiver in the NFL that can run block as good as DK Metcalf. Now, the reason why the Seahawks would be interested in moving off of DK Metcalf, he's the fifth most penalized offensive player that's not on the offensive line in the league. Uh, And he's part of the reason why the Seahawks per game have the second most penalties in the league. But he's also on an extension. He's currently starting the first year of a three-year extension, which means that the Ravens would get him for a number of years. He's in his prime at this point, and he'd be a big body receiving target that Lamar's never really had. On the other side of the ball, the, the Seahawks have had two developing receivers that are rookies this year in Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jake Bobo, both of whom are starting Jake to Bobo. become reminiscent. Well, I had a comparison to Jake Bobo this past week that a lot of people saw. Jake Bobo starting to feel a lot like Jermaine Curse, who just makes these mm. crazy catches out of nowhere. He's not going to be your number one, but if he's good no- number two or even number three, you're happy. So I don't just on the just on the face of it, I don't know why Seattle would want to get rid of DK Metcalf. I mean, I think I still think he's an excellent wide receiver, and that tandem you have with Tyler Lockett. Is still one of the better receiving duos in the league. From a Seattle point of view, I don't think that would be a good move because you still, it still takes time to develop wide receivers. I, I, I think personally, I would, I would stick with DK Metcalf because I, th- I think he's a really good wide receiver and I think that offense works with Geno Smith and I think why kind of sort of break up the band, so to speak, at this time. I can see it making more sense for the Ravens but less sense for, the, for Seattle. But then you said, what, for a one and a two? For a one and a two, and that's what the price yeah, would be I mean, for something like that. I, I, I mean, it, it, it's fair in that 
as you say, you do have Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jake Bobo. Jackson Smith and Jigba was someone that I kind of targeted in fantasy too because you don't know how they're going to... Um, so, I mean, a one and a two is quite... It's quite a lot actually to give up for, but yeah, i I just don't, I just don't think if I was Seattle, I would want to kind of bite on that. I actually agree with that assessment. One of the things you're hearing around Seattle right now are people trying to figure out how we can trade away DK Metcalf, and part of that is because people are getting frustrated with the penalties. Uh, when he got penalized uh, for the uh, the offensive pass interference, or it might have been like uh, roughing in some way or unnecessary roughness. Uh, against the Cincinnati defender a couple of weeks ago, uh, his reaction was essentially, I'm just going to play the way that I do. And then yeah. I, I don't think it was a healthy scratch this past week. I think he had uh, some kind of a lingering issue that wasn't made public, uh, but he did not play this past week uh, for the Seahawks. And they ended oh, up same. leveraging their younger receivers in that game. So it's a big talk around the Seahawks town. And I wanted to go ahead and put that pick in because it's what people were thinking. I think this is the oh, most likely scenario for DK Metcalf to go to because he is a run-blocking and big pass-catching wide receiver. And and I think the first and a second, considering the length of his contract, is what the price would be. Yeah, I, I and I didn't actually know about the kind of penalty issue that you brought up. I had no idea. And and actually, penalties can kill any team. They can, ki- they can mm-hmm. kill you. Like Also, just they can demoralize a team when you're marching down and all of a sudden you get, you know, a penalty going the other way or whatever and it just it stops momentum like what happened so actually, against the Bengals yes yeah exactly so it's I, I can see that could be an issue so oh well, it's interesting news around around Seattle then about DK Metcalf but I don't think it would be a good thing to do yet yeah and and I I, I do agree with that I don't think they're going to move off of him at this point um, I do have one more Seahawks in there because you know my bias, and this is just what I'm hearing around. Wow, people. Can you believe it's, this? Of five trades, two of them are with the Seahawks. Uh, this is the other way around, though. The Seahawks acquiring a player. This one's going to be a, a bit weird. It's going to be Seahawks for Chase Young um, giving away a second-round pick. And you might think that a second-round pick is going to be not enough for a guy like Chase Young, but remember, he was injured he's for injured. two years, and yeah. this year he's finally popping up. But they did not pick up his fifth-year option, which means his season, his his contract ends this season. Uh, oh, so okay. you can't guarantee, unless you give a, a franchise tag to him, that you're going to get him next year. Ron Rivera, it seems like he's happy with the older guys, and it seems like they're recognizing they have a plethora of the front seven. So Chase Young's on the chopping block, it seems like, and I've got the Seahawks giving up to a second-round pick, even though the word is he may be available for a fourth or a third. Well, I, I mean, I think that is a good... It's a very good trade idea. I think it's actually a good, I mean, it's a good fit. I think Chase Young sort of reminds me of a Seattle-type player. Like, he's a very good defense player. He sort of fits Pete Carroll, that mold. I could see him gelling up there. Personality. Personality-wise, yeah, I think he would fit. He would fit into that dressing room. And I, I, think, I think it would be good. That, and it'd be interesting because you're right. He is someone, he's a very, very good player. Uh, but he has had injury woes. He's had injury history since he's come into the league. So you might be able to get him for a for a cheaper price, so to speak, than if he had been playing lights out all these three years. But when he, when he's on the field, he he he's a disruptor. Dismount. I mean, he's he can be unstoppable at times, and so he's he's a really really good player. Seahawks are looking to pick up another edge rusher after Uchenna Nwosu, who was starting to have a very good season coming off the edge for the Seahawks, uh, tore, I believe it was a peck, and he's out for the season now. So the Seahawks will likely be shopping for somebody to come off the edge 
Um, and even if that's a, a one-year rental or a two-year lease uh, with a franchise tag for Chase Young, you have to imagine they're kicking the tires. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, would be, um, it would be an interesting scenario to see what happens at the end of this year, as you say, if his contract is up. We're going to move on to one of the trades I'll let you know before the podcast. Uh, I've got the Bills looking to add another offensive weapon. Um, there's no secret that um, their, their pass catchers are doing phenomenally well. And while James Cook has been doing pretty good at running back, he hasn't been what this team, I think, really, really has been looking for the past four years. So I have them trading a second-round pick to pick up Derrick Henry. Why would Tennessee be interested in giving away De- Derrick Henry or getting Derrick Henry's Derek on the Henry. last, last year of his contract. Uh, okay. Ajay Spears has been looking very good as the complimentary yes. back. And yeah. in games, he can take over as the primary back. You're looking to go into an offseason where you may be looking at retooling the entire offense or moving on from Ryan Tannehill because you've got rookie quarterbacks that you might be looking for. And just freeing up cap space now to trade for other pieces that can help you build a young piece in the future. Because they're likely not going to resign Derrick Henry this offseason. They're just likely not because of the way the team is built. They're not built to win now. So moving on, yeah, I would move on. Is he, what, 30 now? Is he 30 now or 29? Gosh, Gosh, that makes me sad to think of Derrick Henry as being 30, but let me double check. I don't think he might be younger than that, actually. Uh, He might not be, though. Uh, Derrick Henry, he's 29. He turns 30 in January, so he will be 30 this season. Which, for running back, is considered on the downhill side. Like, once you hit that hit that age that's when people start and we all know the discussions around the running back position so yep. i can see why that could be talk swirling around tennessee about is this the right time there is this saying actually in football um like my football the um proper football sir alex Ferguson, the famous manchester united manager always said it, it's better or maybe it was even bill belichick that said it's better to get rid of someone one year too early than one year too late yep um and, and, and so i and, and so I can, I can see that, that Derek Henry, I think, still has a lot of good years left, or certainly a oh, few. But because he, he's, he's unlike any other running back, and so he's so difficult to stop. But if you've got a capable, then I can, and, and I, can see, I can see why they might think about it. It would be a good time to maybe move on from him. And at the same time, looking at the Bills' point of view, they do need a, a, a very solid, capable number one running back. And I think that would put them right back into that mix of like true contenders. When you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, you've got one of the best wide receivers in the league in Stefan Diggs. And then if you add Derrick Henry in that mix too, that's the, and they have a good defense as well. So No, I, I think that that trade makes all the sense in the world. The, uh, the, the cost for a second round pick might be a little high, but I'm just thinking about what the value is in the immediacy if the Bills are trying to go for it now. Yeah. Um, my next scenario for you is going to be my most expensive trade. Um, and it's going to be a scenario I would never want to see happen because it's going to help out the 49ers. Uh, 49ers this season, they're on a two-game skid, and they've been showing that they have issues in their secondary. Um, the offense is fine. Right now they're suffering from a couple of injuries here and there, but uh, the offense, with the exception of Brock Purdy, looks like he's pretty good. Now, I don't think they're going to trade for a quarterback. I, I just can't imagine that they're going to be making that move because there's not a lot of space that they have in their cap to be able to take on a veteran quarterback that can put them, that can be playing better than Purdy, I think. And I, honestly, over, except well, for the last few weeks, Purdy's been fine. He's been good and yeah, great but, in some weeks. Okay, well, let me, just before you go on, I mean, 
okay, but there are some, it's the first time where there, there have been some question marks around him over the last couple of weeks. He's lost back-to-back games. I don't think anyone thought mm-hmm. they were going to lose to Minnesota. Um, and Minnesota, I watched that game. Minnesota ran roughshod all over them. I mean, oh, yeah. and weirdly for me, it wasn't really offensively for that vaunted defense. They just got gashed. Minnesota was just going up and down the field, like literally mm-hmm. every single drive. So for me, I mean, the, the, the bigger question marks actually were more on the, the defensive side of the ball because, you know, they're supposed to be the best defense in the league. But, but still, yeah. when Brock Purdy needed to, to go down and show his worth and go and win the game, he couldn't. Yes, you're right. In a vacuum, he's still what? Is he 10-2 or 11-2? As a starter in the regular season, he's, these last two games are the only games he's lost as a starter in the regular season. So I don't think the sky yeah. is falling yet, as much no. as I'd love to see that happen in San Francisco. <laughs> but I, let, let's give the kid a chance, okay? Fair enough. Um, but I do have them trying to shore up that secondary, and I have them trying to make a trade with a team that's likely going to start a tire fire sale very, very soon. And this sounds weird because it's trading away the best piece of their team, but the Denver Broncos are in the worst kind of cap hell. They need to add young talent consistently over the next couple of years, and I'm trading away arguably the best corner in the league in Pat Sertan to the San Francisco 49ers for two first-round picks which would likely be the, the, the cost for somebody of his talent who's already a first-team All-Pro uh, in, his second, in his third year. Um, so that means you've got two rookie years of wage plus the ability to add a, a fifth-year option next year. But you've got this Russell Wilson situation, and you have to add more quality pieces at low costs. That's a trade that I think that I could see John Lynch make the pull for to go for a player of that caliber. What do you think? Well, but why would why would San Francisco do that when they already have an elite defense? But they don't have an elite secondary. That's where they get exposed. That's how they got exposed by the Vikings. Uh, and if you take a look at the games that they played where they've let up bad plays, it's always been the secondary. Um, Talano Hufanga is essentially the only quality player they've got in that secondary. And you can see some other players here or there. They're young. They're developing. They don't have that number one corner. And okay, if you add so a guy... I can, I can see it making sense just on a pure talent perspective from San Francisco. But then to give up, you said two number ones or maybe a one and a two? No, two number ones. Two number ones. So, I mean, that's a, that's a lot to give up for, as you say, an excellent cornerback, one of the best in the league, who's, who's playing on a really bad team. I'm sure it makes sense for Patrick Sertan too. But, like, I mean, I'm sure he'd want to go to San Francisco because who wouldn't? They're always they're a contender every year, basically. Well, they have been for the last few years. so. They're always going to be in the mix, but I just don't. I don't know really whether whether it it makes sense. I mean, I will say they they do just keep adding. You know, they just traded for Randy Gregory, obviously, and you know that, that defense does does just keep on getting better. But yeah. I mean, I, again, if they got if they did get him, then again, it would be a lights out team. All of it. Oh, I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, you're right. Pump the brakes. I mean, they've lost two games in a row. It's not. The, as you say, the skies aren't falling. It's not the end of the world. No one was going to go undefeated this season. I can see from Denver's point of view, yes, in making sense. Because that, that team, I, there's part of me that just thinks that whole team just needs to get broken up and they need to rebuild. But then they were sort of in rebuilding mode anyway. I think it's looking like the trade for Russell Wilson certainly has, has not paid off 
by Are any you stretch sure? of the I thought it was an even trade. <laughs> Uh, well, no, I mean, uh, not even in terms of what what you guys get. I, I just in terms of you know from Denver's perspective, has it paid off in terms of wins and losses? And uh, of course, it hasn't. Which no. which is sad. And, and they gave him what two hundred sixty five million, I think. And uh, you have it, was, it all. I, it was something huge. Something something around that. Could, could they have got a quarterback that wasn't in that same vein where you had to pay over the odds for him and maybe built pieces around that? As you say, we saw what Seattle did after they got, they got Geno Smith, who was a career backup for 10 years. No one even thought, and look at him, he's just he's kind of the second second coming, like, resurre- like resurrection of his career. Like, yep. um, and, and it shows I would that argue it's still- the first coming of his career. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But people forget how how much maligned he was in New in uh, the New York Jets, and people like he can't play. And I think it's a great story for someone to still have that intensity. But anyway, I, I digress. But I just think for Denver, it's I just uh, they're, they're just sort of they've become a bit of a a laughing stock of the league. I think actually, which is kind of sad because they're they kind of a sort of signature franchise. And I just think what what. Happen and again with Sean Payton, like that hasn't paid off so far either. So, I have one more trade option for you. Last but not least, this last, last but not least, and it involves the biggest conversation and the player with about as high of a stock right now as you could imagine that's on the trading block, and that's for Kirk Cousins. Oh, my favorite player, your favorite player in the league. Um, you love him almost as much as you love Brandon Staley as a coach. (laughs) That's a good conversation for, for the podcast, actually. The thing about Kirk Cousins is he's got a no-trade clause, which means that he can only go to a team that has a system built into place for him to have success, or at least the other um, offensive weapons around him that he can throw throw to and uh, make make work. Uh, He'd want to be in a division that's about as bad as the one that he's in right now, so it's something that he can legitimately win. And I think that there's one perfect spot uh, for him to go to. I've got... Kirk Cousins being traded for a first-round pick and Baker Mayfield to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the only reason why Baker Mayfield's in the mix is so that Kirk Cousins doesn't have to feel like he's being threatened, threatened with a competition. Why do you think he would be a good fit in Tampa? They've got Mike Evans. They've got Chris Godwin. So yeah. two elite wide receivers that there. They have a decent interior offensive line. Plus... They are in a division that you could argue is wide open. Uh, the Atlanta yeah. Falcons and the Saints have proven to be mortal because they were not even that competitive last year. Uh, he's on that, a that team that has... All, yeah, that division's yeah. all just anyone's game. It's anyone's game. And you can argue that their defense is still as good as it was when they went to the Super Bowl. They've got a, a quality defense with pieces all over the place. So if you're talking about, you know what, this is a team that will likely make the playoffs... And it's a team that the head coach is a defensive coordinator, which means that you likely have some more uh, pull and ability to be able to make decisions at the line of scrimmage, which maybe that's too much for Kirk to want to do. But I think it gives him freedom. It gives him in a warm weather state that he can go to, and it gives him an offense that he can thrive in with a defense that can give him the ball in a weak division. Okay, so here's my other question. Why would Tampa, like, is he really that much better than Baker Mayfield? Well, right now he's playing like it. You can argue that Kirk Cousins is playing like a top five quarterback in the league on a contract that expires this year. On that a, has on a, a team, no... what's their record? What's their record? Two and five? Two and it, four? It's, it's uh, three and four at this point, but okay. he's playing well. He has been playing well. 
this this whole he's leading one of the most the, the higher prolific offenses in the league he's scoring touchdowns he's getting the ball to his wide receivers and tight ends he's not as dynamic as some of the teams in the league are looking to do but if you're looking for at a team like the bucks for something that can get you over the edge and baker mayfield may not be that player which you know i think he'll get there i think he's worth a trade for Devonte adams personally but <laughs> Wait, I'm I'm just going to stop you right there. You just said, if you want to trade for a player who can take you over the edge, what makes you think Kirk Cousins is that player that can that can he's take you like over that the... way? This he's been playing that way for seven. Has minutes. he ever done it? Has he ever done it in his career? Ever? His stock is as high as possible. <laughs> oh, oh! You see, for the for the for the for the viewers, for the listeners out there, Mark just Mark just. <laughs> put his hand to his mouth in order to say, you see, Mark knows I have him. Mark knows I have him. And he's, there's just no, it's like being in a courtroom. Um, so, yeah, let's recap. Also, you, you are actually asking the wrong person about this because <laughs> there is no situation ever where I would ever trade for Kirk Cousins. Like, mm-hmm. even if they just said you can have him for free, I probably would say no. So, I, I am the wrong person <laughs> to, to discuss this. But, I'm trying to be kind of fair. And, and you did just say, well, if you're looking for a quarterback to take you over the hump, well, why would that be Kirk Cousins? Because he's never done it in his career ever before. And, 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 and it's a legit question. It, yes, it is, is a legit is, question. He, he, he is better than Baker Mayfield, but not that much. I mean... Is he Kirk better Cousins, than Nick Foles? Yes. Yeah. All right, Nick Foles got a Super Bowl. You can go on. A, oh, you can, as that long as you've got a roster that can support that is, the quarterback, you can win. That is that's such a ridiculous argument. He played. He played. So basically, Carson um, Carson Palmer, <laughs> Carson Wentz won the first ten games of that year. Nick Foles takes games. over. They had a thirteen games. They had a great system already in place. Nick Foles comes in and was 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 great. For that, for that year. But to say, like, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl, is he better? I mean, it's, <laughs> you, can't, you, you just can't compare the two. You're, you're 100% you're kind of, correct. You're asking the, you are, in a way, asking the wrong person. That's a trade that I would never buy, I wouldn't go for, because actually, I don't think it makes... Now, let's say, let's say that there is a, a, you know, a team with, like, no quarterback at all, where they're having... Like, like let's say Arizona. I mean, I know taking away the Kyler Murray situation. But but they have Josh Dobbs. I could maybe see, okay, yeah, maybe. Like, I could see Kirk Cousins going there. So I, I just want to stop that for a second. Um, we have to take... It, the reason why I brought up the Kirk Cousins as a trade is not just to put the meme on the whole Baker Mayfield situation. Yeah, like, yeah, I know. Kirk yeah. Cousins. Um, Kirk Cousins is the hottest trade topic right now because he's playing the best that he's ever played, and it does seem like that the Vikings are, may not retain him after this season. So the opportunity to get anything back from him on a team that may not go to the playoffs this year because you have injuries at some of your best positions all over the place, does it make sense to keep him there? Now remember, Kirk Cousins, he gets to decide where he goes. He has a no-trade clause, so he's not going to go to a place like Arizona that's not competing. If he's going to get traded, it's for a team that's competing now, and that's the only place he can go. So if there's a team out there, the the argument that I'm making is any team that may be interested in a quarterback that Cousins would also want to play for, the right. only option I see would be the Bucs. That's okay. That, that makes sense. That explains it. I mean, 
for me, yeah, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. It's not something that I would do. He's just, he's not, he just, he can't get it done for me. And and you can have all the empty calories and the fantasy numbers. <laughs> and you've, you've talked about this before that like, oh, he's the best quarterback in fantasy. So be it. But the team's three and four. And yeah, granted, he played, I'm going to give credit where it's credit. He, he played really well against a legit team. And he was, yeah. he was excellent. He was brilliant. Um, I'll give him that. And, and he, but, that's what he does. He does do it occasionally in the regular season, all the time. But when it counts, prime time too. When it counts, when when the chips are down, when it's two minutes to go, and you need a, you need to march down and get a touchdown. Can he do it? And so far, the answer has been a big fat no. I think that's a great place to lead the trade discussion. Biz had a couple of yes, this makes sense, and there were a couple of Mark, what are you thinking about? But that's what a lot of our listeners are going to be hearing from uh, a lot of the pundits out there this week. Uh, and they're going to be seeing some interesting trades happen. Uh, we already saw one fantastic trade happen where the Eagles traded for Kevin Byard, one of the best safeties in the league from the Titans, just making the Eagles defense even better. And we're going to see more trades like this as the week goes on. So I'm really excited to see how this works. Uh, Biz, um, we have a few more things to talk about before we go on, but it is time right now to talk about survival pick'em. Oh, here we go. Last week, I'm going to give you props. You went out (laughs) and picked the best team in the league, and you got your win, while Kelly and myself fell back a little bit further, but kind of everybody's around the same space right now. I have three points, you have four points, and our guests now have four points. Would you like to take a moment to enjoy your win? Yes, as grudging as it is. I can't remember who I can't remember who I picked last week. It's some team near Canada. Um, I thought mm. they in Canada. Are they in Canada? I think no. Yeah, about close. Two and a half hours south. Two hours away. Okay, fair enough. Um, so yes, I picked the uh, lowly Seattle Seahawks to beat um, uh, the Arizona Cardinals, and yeah, they they did me a solid. Got the win. Um, so I've now uh, you know I've got back on track. I needed that. Um, and um, yeah, and how about you? You you picked again your new, you know, you are you Baker Mayfield's agent, by the way. Are you, uh, are you his week, agent? For the past week, I definitely have been his agent because I tried to trade him away, uh, <laughs> not just to you, but to the Vikings, and I picked the Bucks to beat who I thought were the lowly Falcons this past week. But that just goes to show that anything can happen during this crazy season. The Bucks losing to the Falcons and uh, giving me another loss on the season. Uh, but none as crazy as the pick that Kelly picked last week, who picked uh, your favorite overall team and most favorite coach, uh, the Brandon Staley-led Chargers, to beat the Taylor Swift-led Chiefs. Um, we knew how that game was going to play. Honestly, uh, that... I, I was actually quite stunned it was that much of a beatdown. I thought it was mm-hmm. going to be close. And honestly, I, I, didn't, I steer clear of that pick because it's, it's exactly the type of Charger thing to do. They would lose one and then go and beat the Chiefs. So, but yeah. So we're looking ahead to week eight. Uh, now, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. Biz, before we went live today, um, even though our guests did lose this past week, Biz did express that he's getting a little nervous about the, the guests and their, their, their success they've had. So hey. we're going to give us a little bit of a week. Uh, there's no guest pick this week. We'll go ahead and do two in a couple of weeks just to kind of catch that up. But to give the two of us just a little bit of space, it's just going to be Biz and my picks. So Biz, why don't you go ahead and make your pick first? 
This is a this is a this is a tricky one. There are there's no kind of surefire things here. I mean, obviously you've got the Bills over the Bucks, but I believe I've picked the Bills already, which they lost to the Jags. You have. I'm looking at the Steelers over the Jags. Um, they're at home, and honestly, a bit of a sneaky pick for me. I'm looking at I'm looking at the Commanders over Philly. Division Ooh. game, division Bears game. Got the Philadelphia Eagles last year. Yeah, they Washington at home. They almost mm-hmm. beat them, I think, earlier this season at Philadelphia. Ah, oh, God, Cowboys over the Rams. There's no, there's no like surefire, like easy game where you're thinking. I mean, well, Chiefs mm-hmm. over the Broncos, um, <laughs> but again, division game and and Denver at home. It's a type of. I'm just going to point out, you have not used your Chiefs pick this season yet. No, I haven't. I haven't. But I don't, I'm reluctant to do it on a division game. I would rather do it when they're playing a non-division opponent because you just know how those things go. Um, Ravens are away. Um, ugh. You know what? I think I'm going <laughs> to... I think I'm going to go out and I'm going to pick my favorite coach, Dan Campbell, to bounce back because I know he's not going to be happy with, with that utterly shocking display his team put out against the Ravens where they may as well have not turned up. They may as well have just said, they may as well have not turned up after half time and just said, you know what, you can have the win. We'll go, we'll go back to Detroit. I was wondering if you'd come across that one because this game does look like it's a surefire thing for you. Well, oh, don't you just put the kiss of death on it now, and you know, you you know, you know the Raiders now. Don't jinx it. But I'm going to take the Jared Goff-led Detroit Lions to beat the Raiders at home on Monday night. I really like that pick, um, and I I do think the Lions are going to do really really well on a bounce back week. You can know that Dan Campbell has been biting kneecaps all week long since yeah. they lost that yeah. game this past week to the Ravens. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited about Monday Night Football this coming week. Uh, I've got a spectacle week, and I think there are a couple of games that I'm like, you know what, these ones seem pretty easy to pick. Like, you could pick the Cowboys over the Rams, but Rams can be yeah. sneaky good as well. Yeah. Um, you can pick the, uh, the Dolphins over the Patriots. I think the Dolphins would demolish the Patriots at that point. Uh, although you've already picked them, and I think that there are better matchups for me to pick up again. A divisional game. Um, but I do see a matchup in here that I really like. It's the game between the number one pick and the number two pick. You've got the Texans versus the Panthers. C.J. Stroud yeah. versus Bryce Young. Bryce Young. And I'm going to take the Texans to win in Carolina this coming week. Um, of course, I'm going to finally... Uh, make Carolina fans rejoice because of this because I put my kiss of death on everything and clearly the Panthers will get their first win. But I'm picking the Texans to win because I, I believe in C.J. Stroud and I think he's um, I think he's the next coming of like what Justin Herbert did in his rookie season. He's been proving he's that good. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Um, I Although I do think it's a tricky pick because Carolina's at home. I know mm-hmm. Carolina hasn't been good this year, but I... I think it's a, it's a good pick. I mean, CJ Stroud has been great. The Texans have been good. Um, you know, they're three and three. Panthers have obviously not won any game, so I can see it's a good it's a good pick. But I I don't know because the, the Texans are a young team. I could see the Panthers maybe getting their first win in that one. But um, yeah, so uh, yeah, it's a good pick. And with that, we just have a couple of more stories involving the games this past week that we want to touch on. Biz, 
That Browns Colts game was a fascinating game. It was a, it was a great game. Just went back and forth, and it shows kind of two teams that still there's a lot of mistakes there. Browns getting it done with PJ Walker. Um, I mean, he's won he's won two on the trot now. I mean, they're four and two. I don't think mm-hmm. anyone would have thought that Deshaun Watson comes in, kind of throws a pick, then kind of doesn't get put back in the game, doesn't want to re-aggravate his injury. PJ Walker takes over. But they're because I mean they run the ball really well with Jerome Ford and a Dream Hunt. Jerome Ford may now be injured as well for a few weeks. Um yeah. but they yeah, they play hard, but the Colts, given their due, I mean, they played they played a good game too. It was a really it was a really, really good game. What do you think about the fact that uh the NFL has admitted that there were two pretty bad, egregious penalties against the Colts that probably should not have been called? Well, I mean, I think you're always gonna get that every single every single game. And it's just kind of like it's like the whole VAR thing in football. Like what what are you going to do? You can't really replay. I mean, you can, I suppose, but like you're not going to replay the the game. So you know, um, yeah. yeah. We can yell about the refs and like how they can impact these games. And honestly, it just doesn't matter. Um, it was a great game. It was a close game. Both of these teams showed some really, really good heart. And I think that Gardner Minshew is uh, actually showing like he could be a decent quarterback um, for some team. I don't think it'll be the Colts next year as they develop Anthony Richardson. Yeah. I think Gardner Minshew is just going to turn into this generation's version of Ryan Fitzpatrick and keep moving from team to yeah. team, just trying to develop something young and core. I can see that he- and maybe come in and, and have a few four or five games of magic, like Fitzmagic, yeah. and, and just get that team on the road, like, kind of going again and then kind of moves on and yeah i agree i think he's going to be kind of journeyman backup Uh, and he's been proving that he's been reliable and calm when he does that even if he's you know where he could go if if a certain trade you think happens he could go to minnesota and then take them over the edge go to minnesota i don't think that that's a bad idea (laughs) and especially if the colts think that they've got a team that can compete this year especially with locking up jonathan taylor like they've got a rookie quarterback Kirk Cousins ends after the se- uh, contract ends after the season, so they'll go back to Richardson. You don't know. Maybe that's the trade that could happen there. Um, Bills Patriots ended about where nobody thought it was going to go, with the <laughs> Patriots beating the Bills, and now the Bills are four and three. Um, we're going to talk about the good teams that might actually be-, be bad next week. But what were your takeaways from this game? Well, yeah, it's just every time you think the Bills have kind of steadied the shit, something like this happens. You know, they, they, they thrash Miami and then they lose to the – that they lost to the Jags in London. Uh, they lose to the Pats. Um, and, you know, they were up. And, and, and that last drive, Mac Jones looked like, like Tom Brady. I mean, he just marched down the field and they scored a touchdown with 20 seconds to go. Um, and that the Bills, that vaunted Bills defense, couldn't stop anyone. Like on that last yeah. drive, it's just they were just Patriots were just marching down the field. Um, there's still something not right. It's weird. I, in some ways, it's. I mean, they they talked about this in college football, but like there doesn't seem any great team out there this year. Like last year, there was the Eagles and the 49ers in the NFC that certainly kind of really set themselves apart, but obviously the 49ers have just lost two games. Eagles have lost one, like to the Browns. Um, oh, sorry, to the Jets. Um, and, and again, the Bills, you know, they've got, they've got a good team, but there's just something not right there. They just haven't been able to put it together. Um, 
you know, the Chiefs obviously lost in the opening week. So there's no great team out there. But yeah, we can debate this a bit more. But it reminds me a bit with the Bills, a bit like Miami, weirdly another team in their same division, that everyone just like, you know, warms over Miami and their ability to put up 100 points. And then, you know, they whenever they play, when, whenever there's a test of their metal, so to speak, that they... They just don't. I mean, they 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 got beaten very easily by Philadelphia. Um, it was a pretty one-sided match, right? And and against Buffalo as well, they got absolutely smashed. And so it's like when and and to in the playoffs, you know, you often have to be able to or to get a good seeding in the playoffs, you have to be able to win away from home. And they just they're not very good away from home. Um, and so yeah, so we can we can obviously delve into this a bit more in a bit more detail next week. So the thing that I took away from this game, two bits. First off, um, going into the fourth quarter and going into like the seven and a half minute mark, the score was 10 to 16. And then over the last seven and a half minutes, there were four touchdowns scored. New England, Bills, Bills then scored with two minutes left. And then the Patriots scored on a two minute drive to leave 12 seconds left on the clock. And the Bills can do anything with that. It was kind of reminiscent again of that Chiefs-Bills game from a couple of seasons ago where, like, the clock just ran out and Josh Allen just didn't do another shot to be able to be in this shootout. Is this just going to keep happening with Josh Allen where he's left on the bench um, when the requirement to have this urgency happens? Or do the Bills need to start being in the situation where urgency happens the entirety of the game and they can't let off the pedal or even wait to start the pedal until the fourth quarter? They have to start scoring points early? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, there's still quite a lot of the season to go. And as you say, the first month often, you don't take much into account. It could well be that's the case. Uh, you're seven weeks in, though. Seven, yeah, we're almost, half, we're almost halfway in. And, and they are, they're, they're, a, they're a better than average team, but no more than oh, yeah. that. They're four and three. I don't mm-hmm. think you can say they're one of the best teams in the league at the moment. The Hawks have a better record than the Bills. On that note, the Seahawks have the same number of losses as the 49ers. Uh, Yes, welcome to another Seahawks (laughs) Seahawks podcast. Exactly. One more thing I wanted to add before we leave this game. Uh, Bill Belichick gets win number 300, finally. Um, And regardless of where you are in the Belichick-Brady debate, I don't think there's any debate that Belichick is going to get into the Hall of Fame as quickly as he possibly can when he eventually retires which may be for a while since he apparently signed a contract extension this past week. So he actually signed a contract extension? Nothing's been announced, but they have never announced officially whenever he signs something because he likes to keep his stuff to his chest. He's not a member of the coaches union. He represents himself wholeheartedly, so there's no like announcing requirement for him. But the rumor is, before last week's game, they extended him apparently for three years. Wow. Personally, I think that's a mistake. Um, I, although I, I just think it's time to move on and get someone in you, get someone fresh, fresh blood, get, get, you know, I just think I, I've heard this debate, you know, what was it? Cause obviously the last two weeks they lost like 34 nil or whatever to the saints, they got smashed. And there was talk then about, you know, is it time for him to go just, you know, and, and the NFL, just like any sport is a business. There's no sort of time for charity. And, and it's kind of, what have you done for me lately? And as, as amazing as he's been, and he's the greatest coach of all time, won six rings, first ballot Hall of Famer. But the last couple of years, he hasn't done well. 
And I think one of the issues that a lot of people have said is he shouldn't be the general manager as well because he's the identifier of talent as well as the coach. And I think sometimes there can be a conflict of interest there. And you might say, well, he's earned the right given all his success. Yeah, fair enough. But to be fair, I think now it's revisionist history, but you look back and you realise Tom Brady actually papered up, papered over all those cracks in that team for so long because they never actually had an amazing team in terms of talent. They had Tom Brady and then they had a few years where they had some a few great defensive plays. Obviously, they had Randy Moss for a couple of years in that year where they went all the way to Super Bowl. He was lights out. But apart from Tom Brady, what, what, what other skill plays were you like, oh, this person was amazing and this Gronk. wide receiver was amazing? Well, Gronk, obviously. But yeah, I mean, that. but that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. So I think it would be really, it would be good if maybe he has signed a contract extension and maybe Robert Kraft under the table has said, well, look, We'll do it, but maybe we're going to get a GM in. But I doubt I doubt Bill Belichick would agree to that. We'll see what's going to happen with all that as the offseason approaches when this whole season's done, because he's going to stay the general manager role at the very least through this season. Yeah. Um, I think we can all hope that if we want to see the Patriots succeed, that they do have some fresh young blood in that front office to be able to take the decision-making away from Bill for the time being, since clearly he has had not the greatest success at identifying the point scorers on the team, but listeners, let us know. Do you think that this was a mistake? Do you think that this was a good idea to keep the ship going for the Patriots? Let us know. Twitter handle is Improper Fantasy, and our Gmail is ImproperFantasyPodcast at gmail.com. Biz, do you have any shout-outs? I do. I'm going to shout out uh, the England rugby team after their valiant um, semi-final defeat to South Africa last weekend. They Play. It was their best game of the tournament, weirdly, even though they lost. Um, and um, they, they came agonisingly close. Um, they were leading 15-6. Or no, leading 15-13, uh, I think, with like three minutes to go. And <laughs> they gave away a penalty to South Africa and they knocked it over. So we lost by one point, but it was a heroic effort. Um, and yeah, a good campaign. So shout out to the England rugby team. I have one shout-out this week, um, and no, it's not going to be to the NBA, who had its opening day yesterday with some fantastic gameplay. Yep. And seeing how CP3 can defend Kevin Durant, which was really weird to see him successfully defend Kevin Durant. But I'm yep. actually going to throw my shout-out to the World Series that's going to be starting on Friday, uh, yep. Diamondbacks versus Rangers. And I think the majority of the baseball world breathed a collective sigh of relief when the Astros lost to the Rangers, because I think still the majority of fans are angry about the, the cheating scandal from a number of yes. years ago, and they're still viewed as the villains of the, villain. the AL yeah. at the very least. Yeah. Um, Diamondbacks beat the Phillies. I think the majority of the league was rooting for the Phillies just because they're an exciting team, and some people still really like Bryce Harper, and they've been yeah. a successful team in the past couple of years. But the Diamondbacks, they're a bigger, market. They're a bigger they're market, a bigger but market, the Diamondbacks... Yeah. Are this? They're apparently like a team of destiny for the past several months or so, and it's going to be really fascinating to see Rangers v Diamondbacks, two teams that haven't been there, Rangers in over a decade, Diamondbacks since the beginning of the century. One of these teams is going to get a World Series ring, and it's going to be really fascinating to watch this series. Yeah, I like it. I've always found this a slightly odd thing with American sports, and it's certainly weird here more than back home, because I think back home we, we like when an underdog gets to a final or we like it when someone upsets the apple car here i don't know whether it's just because of entertainment and 
Hollywood, it's all about, oh, no one cares because it's like all oh, big market teams. It's all New York and LA and Chicago and Boston yeah. and Philadelphia. And I'm just like, well, no, I think it's great when teams from whatever small market me, I mean, Texas isn't exactly a small market, but, 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 um, you know, Arizona, yes. But like, I just, I think it's great. I think it's great for the sport. I mean, otherwise, what's the point of having so many teams? If you're just going to have, if you just want all the big teams to play, then just have a team with six teams in it from the coasts yep. and like Chicago. And with that being the case, my coffee is empty. Now, the only thing I can say is cheers. Cheers. Till next time.